passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Anyhow, Jonathan's about to kill me, too. And after Jonathan kills me, then Pete will get his shot. Jonathan writes, hey, Evan, big fan. Thanks for putting... By the way, I love everyone who wants to rip me by starting off by, like, buttering me up. (laughs) Big fan, thanks for putting up uh, a consistently great Mets pod. We appreciate that. Yours is not the only one I listen to, but it's the only... But it's the only I always listen to. Oh, I think that was a compliment. Yours is not the only one I listen to, but it's the only I always listen to. Oh, I get it. Hoff, you're great, too. Sorry about calling your opinions terrible in my tweet. Apparently, this guy tweeted at you. One of the things I like about this pod is that you've taken on the mantle of being the voice of reason who talks us off the ledge when we're feeling our most angry. Hoff embodies the angst. It's a great setup. But that's why I was really surprised to hear your take on Cohen not bidding on Otani. First of all, from a business perspective, I don't think it's in Cohen's or the Mets' best interest to be the team that throws huge money at any player, regardless of mutual interest, just to see if he'll come. You're basically asking him to be like Robert Redford in a decent proposal. (laughs) It's a bad precedent and will definitely come around to bite us. Remember, he's the richest owner, but he's hardly the only rich owner. Also, let's talk about what the money buys. Sure, Otani's the best hitter in the game, who puts up massive numbers in 135 games. Judge's contract values Otani's offensive production around $40 million per year, maybe a little more since he's better. But what about the pitching? Well, he's very good, but how good? He's never made as many starts in a season as Kodai Senga made last year. Last year, they also had the same ERA plus at 142. Otani was better in 2022, but in five seasons, he's only had three where he pitched a substantial amount. Is that a $30 million a year pitcher? We pay Senga half that, and given his injuries, don't we all think there's at least a reasonable chance he's just a very expensive bat for most of that contract? I just think the Mets fairly evaluate what they thought this guy was worth to them 
on the field. Probably a very high number, but then saw the market go well past that. The reason why we want smart people running our team is so they can make the right decisions about how to allocate our resources. I think Stearns and Cohen did that here. Thanks again. Let's sign Yamamoto. That's from John. I think that the risk that Otani brings is monumental, but the reward of doing both, of having one roster spot and one player who can be Aaron Judge offensively and similar to Kodai Senga pitching-wise is more valuable than I think John is giving credit for. Now, Pete Hoffman, you heard this in John's email. He thinks you're the negative Met fan, and certainly earlier on in this pod you were, and I'm the more balanced, reasonable guy. For whatever reason, when it comes to Otani and Cohen, we have reversed roles, and I was surprised because when I saw Pete the other day, and he, of course, produced the podcast even if he wasn't on it, said, Evan, you're very wrong. Why am I wrong about the pursuit and lack thereof of Shohei Otani? Well, first off, I'd like to say that I'm a big fan and I love what you do, Ev. And, uh, you know, thank you for, <laughs> for always. <laughs> but you're wrong. Now, here's the thing is, Evan, I, I do love you, actually. This is the worst take I've ever heard in my life because. Worst, worst ever? Like, what do we, yeah, yes. why do we go to that extreme? Because Steve Cohen is not going to be a used dog. Okay. He's not in this to be used. And you're talking about now two years in a row. The biggest free agent was trying to use other teams to jack up their price. Aaron Judge last year jacked it up with the Arson Judge news going to San Francisco. The Toronto Blue Jays were the team that were jacking up the price to make it the Dodgers had to go to 700 mil. There was never a chance in hell that it was always the Dodgers. It was as easy as that. You're telling me Steve Cohen could have offered him a billion dollars and he'd be like, you know what? It's not going to happen, but thank you because now I could use that with the Dodgers and they'll they'll boost it to a, a one point two. Why is that bad? Why would it be bad for the Dodgers to spend more because the Mets up the price? Why is that bad? Well, first of all, what does it really accomplish for us? Nothing. We still don't get anything. Yes, the Dodgers still have to pay more, but they will do it anyway. We're we're living in a baseball world where there's there's no salary cap. They can do what they want. It doesn't make a difference, Steve Cohen tax or not. Slash. I'm telling you right now, Steve Cohen, the man he is, does not like to lose, does not like to be used So or embarrassed. If that's what happens, if he's his name is being thrown around with Otani and he doesn't win, that's why everything has always been so low-key. He does not want to lose. You might be able to lose. You might lose in the regular season. He's not going to lose for a top free agent. I don't think you could have that attitude, though, man, because you're going to lose a lot of free agents. I mean, not everybody's going to pick your team. Like, we're going to find out if they lose or win Yamamoto in the next couple of days or, or maybe weeks. But I don't think you should be afraid of losing. And I don't see the negative in being used to bring up a price. That means someone else, and in the Dodgers case, a competitor, at least the team that you hope is a competitor, has to spend more. I don't see the negative to that. Make them spend more because having the Dodgers spend more on Shohei Otani, if it ever came to that, could keep them from signing someone else. Let's say Yoshinabu Yamamoto, a guy you're going after. So I don't see that as being some kind of negative. And look, my point overall was not that the Mets should have outbid the LA Dodgers. My point was I envisioned an owner that was going to try. 
that was at least going to enter and force his way into that conversation. Don't confuse what I said into thinking they had to outbid the Dodgers to get him. It was disappointing that they were never even in the conversation, that the spin we got when Otani signed last Saturday was A, the agent never called me, that's from Cohen, and then B, the report of it got too expensive for them. They thought the price got out of whack. Like, that that just seemed like instant spin. I wanted them to be involved in it, not necessarily offer a billion dollars and outbid LA for him. Right, but here's the thing. So there's this misnomer that he's going to outbid everybody. Like if there's a top prospect, he's going to, or not top prospect, top free agent, he's going to outbid. And if he doesn't, then what is this whole big bad Steve Cohen thing? What is this Uncle Steve? The, 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 the aura of Steve Cohen is fading slowly about being a big bad wolf. It really is. And if by, by not even putting in a bid is bad for you, other people will be like, well, you didn't put in enough. How did you not put in, you know, well, so, 800 million? Pete, then what happens if they don't get Yamamoto? I mean, he may lose out on Yamamoto even with having the highest offer. And if your point is true, he doesn't want to lose. Well, what's he going to do? Is he going to be angry? Is he going to be embarrassed? How's Met fans going to take it? I don't know what my fellow Met fans going to react to certain things because I've been rational of if they lose out on Yamamoto and they made the highest offer, who the hell am I supposed to be mad at? You went out and you made the highest offer. So I think some of these guys who are writing me saying you're wrong on Otani may turn on Cohen for that, saying, well, it should have been higher. (laughs) If it was 320, it should have been 370. I don't know what our expectation now is. I just wanted to be involved in the conversation. There was one guy who emailed who agreed with me, so that was nice. That's Fred. Fred writes, Steve the tease. (laughs) I feel like we're being teased with Cohen's money. What's the point of having a billionaire owner if he's not willing to flex his monetary muscles? Granted, he spent on Scherzer and Verlander and he used his money to restock the farm system, but it's unforgivable not to make an offer to a generational player like Shohei Otani. How does Cohen flippantly offer Correa $315 million a year but not even make a serious offer to Otani? Go hard after him the way you're going after Yamamoto. Make Otani say no to three quarters of a billion dollars. With the Wilpons, we knew they were dead in the water after Madoff. The big splash was Todd Frazier, maybe even Jay Bruce if we're lucky. Cohen was supposed to change the narrative, and while he has spent money, it's certainly not fair to call him Wilpon 2.0, he didn't push his chips in the game for the best and most marketable player. For a guy who loves to collect art, Uncle Stevie missed out on the Mona Lisa. Carlos Correa. I'm glad he brought up Carlos Correa. We all knew. That day when we were excited, thinking the Mets signed Carlos Correa, we all knew it was a stupid contract. We did. We we all knew. You kidding me? You're giving a guy who's a g- very good player. That's what Carlos Correa is. He's a very good player. You're giving this guy $315 million, and all of us reacted by saying, who cares? It's not our money. We're better. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Now it sounds as if Met fans want to be financially responsible. And they're mad at me for suggesting, why even bother with a generational player? Carlos Correa is not a pimple on the fanny of Shohei Otani. 
He's not even close. And yet when we thought Steve Cohen was Steve Cohen and bought Correa for $300 million, I didn't hear anybody criticizing the contract. It was, I wasn't, and I knew it was bad. It was just, hey, we got a great player. This is fantastic. Uh, by the way, there's a lot more emails of people mad at me, but I think we got to a few. We made the point. I don't want to reiterate this over and over again. Here's the good news uh, to the Met fans out there. We disagree. We move on. He's not coming here. Oh, Don, he's not a Met. It's not one of those debates that lasts forever. Uh, it was one of those times we disagreed. And I can promise you this. It won't be the last. If it was our first disagreement, that's great. It will not be our last. Because sometimes I surprise myself. I, I genuinely feel certain ways. And I can't predict how I'm going to feel. When I got the news on Saturday afternoon about Otani, and I read what Cohen said, and I read the reports, I was genuinely pissed off. I was angry. And so I expressed it on the Rico. I expressed it on the air. And I clearly saw that most people thought I was nuts. And that's okay. That's all right. It's genuinely how I feel. It's how I feel a week later. Maybe a few weeks from now, I'll change my tune. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe enough time will go by, Pete, where I'm like, ah, Cohen, he's a brilliant man. He was smart. What, well, when you saw the report yesterday, because I didn't hear it live on air, about Otani with the deferred money, what was your reaction to that? Because that, to me, that, that was a punch to the gut, dude. I, I, you know, I'm going to surprise you with this. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care for a few reasons. So the CBT got manipulated a little bit, but the CBT is manipulated a lot. We've seen that a lot over the years and what the average salary is going to be. It's not always what you think it's going to be. And his CBT number is still in the 40s. So let's not act like the Dodgers have a competitive talent back a competitive balance tax of $2 million for him. That's not the case. So his CBT is still really, really high. So we put that aside. It may not be 70 million, but it's still pretty high. As far as the deferred money is concerned, yes, it sounds crazy that they're only paying him $2 million a year. But you're robbing Paul to pay Peter. Is that the phrase? Rob Paul to pay Peter? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. No, you may be no. only paying him two. It's not, it's not Rob. He's robbing to pay. Peter to pay Paul. Rob. This is why you're so valuable, man. Like, I think when I was doing the Rico by myself, I couldn't figure out rabbit's tail. And I kept, or, you know, rabbit's foot. And I kept calling it rabbit's tail. And yeah, we got a few emails to the Rico saying, hey, schmucky, it's called rabbit's foot, not rabbit's tail. The hell's wrong with you? That was from Robert, by the way. He was the one who wrote that. Robert's foot, schmuck, not Robert's tail. He didn't write the schmuck part. I just added that. So let me get back to this. So you're robbing Peter to pay Mary? No, robbing Peter to pay Paul, pay right? Paul. You may be only paying him $2 million a year, and that seems crazy. But guys, eventually they have to pay him $68 million a year. And that's going to be long after he's gone. We make fun of the Bobby Bonilla contract. This is Bobby Bonilla on steroids. So I... It doesn't really annoy me. Now, I admit, Hoff, because I know this is what you're thinking, and a lot of people are thinking that if Steve Cohen had done this, baseball would have gone nuts. Some of the media would have gone nuts. Baseball, I agree with you. I am not disputing that there is a double standard that even Hal would have had, too, by the way. If the Yankees did that, same thing. They would have faced a lot of backlash. 
the Dodgers, for whatever reason, don't face that backlash. But I don't know. It just it doesn't bother me. Look, it says a lot about Otani that he feels he's making so much money right now. He's okay with deferring that kind of money. Most people would not defer that kind of money. You think Juan Soto is going to defer that kind of money next year? Very few guys do. Like, there are deferred payments, and there's been deferred payments in baseball for a long time. Like, look at the Nationals and what they're paying Max Scherzer for the next 50 years. But what Otani did was so beyond. So, what's my reaction to it? I think a lot of people are freaking out. It is what it is. The Dodgers were creative, and they convinced the, or the guy convinced the Dodgers, because this really came from Otani, hey, I'm making enough money. Let's defer the payments. And it benefits everybody except the Dodgers in 20 years. Think about that. When we're doing the Rico in 20 years, Pete, and we're breaking down the Dodger payroll and they're, oh, they, and they owe Shohei Otani $68 million and he's not even playing for them. We're going to have a good laugh. Yeah, but they're going to make so much money over the next 10 years that they could, that it's not even going to be a problem. And, and the other thing too is it really bothers me. And not just the fact that if Steve Cohen did this exact thing, they made such a stink when Steve Cohen came in the league. They put in the quote-unquote Steve Cohen luxury tax. Like, they went above and beyond to make sure people like Steve Cohen couldn't spend that way. And then this type of loophole is available. It just – I understand that in 20 years, yeah, Dodgers may be hurting. But for right now, I mean, they could steal the show. Yeah, but there's no one else that teams are going to be able to do this with. So I've heard this idea of they got to change the CBA – I don't think they have to change the CBA. Again, what free agent is in the unique position that Otani is in which he's making so much money in endorsements that he'd be willing or even insisting, hey, I want to defer all my money to 20 years from now. I think it's a real rarity. I think a lot of things about Otani were rare and unique and we won't see it again. Good for the Dodgers, man. I'm jealous. I I mean, that's the truth. I wish the Mets... We're able to sign a guy like that, have them defer 98% of their money. It would have been great. And right now, the Dodgers, they're in the National League, but they feel like they're in such a different league. They feel, not that they're unbeatable, because I don't think they're unbeatable, but they're a National League Western Division team. We battle them six times a year. I don't know. It's just they feel so foreign. That's why I, I really only get worried with NLE's teams making moves. Like when moves are made, I think more about that. By the way, speaking of moves, Seth Lugo's off the board. Seth Lugo signed a two-year potential third-year contract in Kansas City. He's making $15 million a year. My God. And Jung-Ho Lee, who I thought would have been an interesting option coming over from the KBO, we talked about him as a left-field option, signed a contract with the San Francisco Giants. Two potential Met targets, boom, off the board. We got a lot more to get to in the next couple days and weeks. Already starting to get a lot of feedback on the one-year wonder Met edition that's coming up real soon. And we'll take more of your ideas on a random Met game that we should all watch. But the game I'm putting on the table right now for you to watch during the holidays and whenever you have time off, it's a bad one, is Game 7 of the 2006 NLCS. That'll be our rewatch, a classic rewatch during this offseason. But again, we appreciate all the feedback, good or bad, thericob at gmail.com, thericob at gmail.com. We appreciate you listening and downloading another edition of Rico Bro. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.
Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus